Welcome to the Friday Night Ohio podcast powered by Sarda. I'm Cliff Hickman of the Canton Repository along with Joe Scalzo of the Rep. And today we're previewing week eight Friday night. And Joe, it's uh, it's kind of a one game night in the Federal League as far <laughs> as uh, stuff I think high on intrigue. You have Perry at Lake, uh, two teams that uh, badly need this win. Yeah, I mean, uh, Lake is <laughs> Lake is so close to being six and one, and instead they're stuck there at four and three on the outside of the playoff, uh, you know, bubble, and and uh, they they need this one desperately because even if they beat Glen, Green and Glen Oak in the last two weeks, six and four probably isn't getting you in. Um, Perry in good shape, probably at six and one, but you know you got McKinley looming. Um, and so, you know, it's a big game for them. And, and cause I think if they, you know, if they were to fall to, to, you know, seven and three, that might not be enough either. So, you know, obviously playoffs are huge. And in, in the case of the federal league races is big because if Perry wins out, they share the league, uh, with McKinley. So, um, and that's assuming that McKinley beats Glen Oak. So it's, you know, it's a big game in a lot of ways. And I think, you know, like you said, it's the, it's the, really the, the most dramatic game in the federal league is be kind of, and some, some bigger stuff on the way, but this is, this is the one in week eight that you're looking at. Absolutely. And like you said, very different implications. Uh, Perry trying to stay in the hunt for the league title Lake. It seems early to be talking about teams fighting for their playoff lives, yeah. but with that schedule, unfortunately, the blue streaks are. They may be one of the better teams in the in the state if it happens to get left out. So. Yeah, it's just a tough spot because they they had um, you know they start four and zero and then they have Jackson. McKinley, Hoover, Perry, and you don't get, you know, no offense to Green and Glenock, but you don't get those breaks in between that allows you to maybe just refocus and heal up a little bit. It's just a, a you know, a month long grind, and and you know they just might be one of those teams that that deserves to be there, but you know the Federal League's good and they're the smallest school and it's taken its toll. And then we move on. You mentioned Hoover; they've got Green this week. They're going on the road. And the Vikings looking to make it two wins in a row. Yeah, and and you know that that you know they come back and and rally against Lake with with a minute left, and you know suddenly they're in a, a much better place now. Um, Green's been playing good football, but I don't think anybody expects Green to to slow down that offense enough to win. Um, and so that's kind of. I, I think you know we we talked about it last week. That Lake Hoover game was sort of a pivot point. And whoever won that game was going to be in much better shape, and and so now Hoover's got some momentum. They can come in, you know, they should take care of Green, and and that puts them in a good spot for the last two weeks. Uh, they do they do have St. Vincent, St. Mary, I think next week. Uh, they do have Jackson, um, but you know, so there, there's bigger things on the way. But the, I think that the Green game's hitting at a good point for them. Yeah, it gives them perhaps a chance, like you said, to not take the high-end punishment yeah. some of those uh, top-tier teams deliver in the Federal League. Yeah, because it wears you down. And, and, you know, I talked to Tim Budd, and we're, we'll talk about Jackson in a second, but, you know, they're beat up right now. And they haven't been beat up all year, but, you know, now they are. And that's what most teams probably are at, at Week 8 in the Federal League. Yeah, Jackson, you mentioned them. They go on the road there in the non-conference game of the week. They have Central Catholic. The Crusaders have won two in a row for the first time since their state championship <laughs> season but they draw a tough Jackson team this week so yeah if anything that like you know they might be playing him at the right time because Jackson two three weeks ago was was a little bit healthier than they are now um, and in Central Catholics you know they they've gotten some momentum they you know they beat green two weeks ago now Carrollton isn't very
very good, but they, you know, they they, they blew them out very early in the yeah. season. So it's by no means a. And so they, they, you know, they 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 did lose the new Phillies undefeated. Um, so no shame in that. I think the only game they probably went back is that that big loss to South Range, and that might be what you know what cost them because you know they're 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 playing Louisville. Um, you know, later in the season, that's you know a game that's. That that's good, but it, you know, it's challenging, and so you want to take care of business. But so this game, kind of like in their 2016 season, they were a little bit on the playoff bubble. They ended up beating Jackson, and then they run the table and win a state title. And and you think, hey, maybe if they lose that game, they're on the outside looking in. So kind of a similar spot. And um, obviously, they come in as a big underdog, but you know, I think they have to feel like they can at least hang with them. And you know, if things go their way, you maybe get some turnovers. You can you can win that game. And then finally, to round things out in the Federal League, we have Glen Oak at McKinley. Joe, the Golden Eagles, uh, going to try and get things going after a tough week offensively against St. Vincent, St. Mary. They were limited to 100 yards total. I think they had eight yards or so in yeah. the first half. It's just been a, a tough year for Glen Oak. Yeah, and they've been kind of struggling offensively for the last – you know, a couple of weeks, and and uh, I'm looking this up right now. They had six against Jackson. They had seven against St. Vincent, St. Mary. They had three against Green. So that's you know 16 points over the last two, their last three games. And so, um, you know, it's just it's just one of those years for Glen Oak, and and obviously McKinley. You know, they they typically this is a tough game, but last year they handled Glen Oak pretty good, and and uh, you know I think for them the focus is on staying healthy getting everybody regrouped you know in a good spot because they have a huge game against Perry which has been just a giant pain in their neck the last three four years so um, you know not a not expected to be a a real competitive game Um, but it's a big deal still I think because a lot of these kids know each other and it's you know it's Canton and uh, you know outside of Maslin I think a lot of kids at McKinley think of Glen Oak as their main rival Absolutely. Always some intrigue there. And this isn't a federal league game, but one of the top games in the area people be taking a look at. Uh, Maslin at Barberton, Joe. Uh, Aiden Longwell continuing to rewrite the record book there. Longest touchdown pass in Tiger history last Friday. He trails only Cameron Blair for the county leading total touchdowns. He has 70 career-wise. Cameron Blair has 75. So a lot of numbers being put up right now in the area yeah and you know this is uh this is a, a solid game for maslin but Barberton isn't quite as good as it's been the last couple years they lost their running back i think to Bookdale maybe in the off season that it, he ran for like 1800 yards or something like that last year so um Barberton coming off a 31-7 loss to an unbeaten aurora team and and so you know you wonder if anybody's going to slow down maslin i don't i don't know that it'll be Barberton this week um it's you know it's probably one of the two or three best games in stark county but you know, it could still be a running clock game. Yeah, uh, Maslin's just uh, seems to be on another level right now in the area. Yeah, and and you know, Hoban and Maslin, we say it every week. They're kind of on a collision course. Yeah, well, clash of the titans. <laughs> you got the uh, Kraken and the Gorgon, or whatever giant creature you want to name, looming in the distance. Uh, I didn't get that reference, but I'm gonna trust you on that, Cliff. We'll just go with Godzilla and, <laughs> and King Ghidorah. Kong. The King Kong, King Ghidorah, whatever. <laughs> it's going to be two monsters probably hammering into each other earlier than they should. Yeah. It's uh, like having the climax in the movie in the first hour. But yeah. That's how the state did it. And, Bar- you know, Barbara and I think has kind of understood their pain. You know, they're in Region 6 this year um, as opposed to Region 5. And so, 
you know, even though they're not quite as good as they've been, that they're in a region that's a little bit more wide open. So if they can get in, maybe they feel like they can make a longer run because they don't have to play Hoban. And then, you know, the opposite of true is true of, uh, of, you know, schools around here. Although I don't know how Barberton and Hoban can be in different regions. Um, that makes really no sense. <laughs> since they're still, it's the same County. They're 15 minutes you know, maybe 20 at most away from each it's other. It's not how geography works. I sense, <laughs> I sense there was some gerrymandering at work there. Uh, that has never happened before in, in the state of Ohio. No politics has ever played a role in, in redistricting of, uh, you know, their, their region. So um, we're going to assume that it was just all fair play and that two Summit County teams, um, just by some strange coincidence, are no longer playing each other. All right, we'll leave it at that. We'd like to let you know the Friday Night Ohio podcast is powered by Sarda. Sarda, providing over 5,000 rides a day for work. Sarda provides over 2.4 million rides a year. Sarda takes you to work, school, medical appointments, and more. Sarda, where can we take you today? And then taking a look at the Eastern Buckeye Conference, Joe, kind of a quiet week out there. It seems to settle down to what I thought it might look like at the end of the year with Alliance and Marlington on a collision course for that EBC title. Alliance goes to Carrollton this week. Uh, Carrollton winless, the big story to keep an eye on. Alliance starting quarterback Brandon Alexander was out with an injury last week. Aviators didn't miss a beat, though. Backup Brayden Hartsoe leads him to the win over Salem. He throws for 100, rushes for 100, makes eight tackles, and has a sack on defense. I think he did everything <laughs> for the Aviators. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, I don't know. How, how long is their, their quarterback injured for? Is it's uh, something we're going to be keeping an eye on. <laughs> we'll have an update on that on FridayNightOhio.com as soon as we know. But it looks like the Aviators are in good hands if, unfortunately, that situation lingers. Mm-hmm. But it's one to keep an eye on, and I'll have updates on that uh, this week. Yeah, and I would think, like, you know, you know, if he needs to play this week, you know, Carrollton's a good way to just get some experience and some reps because you you know your margin for error is probably pretty good for 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 win that game. Yeah, I mean, to come in and take out Salem, who only had one loss uh, previous to that, and to lead them to the the final score is kind of deceiving. Salem scored two touchdowns like they did against Marlington in like the final three minutes to make it a, a four-point loss, but he uh, guided them to a, a pretty strong performance. And then we mentioned Marlington. They just came off a huge win over Minerva. I think that was 56-0 at one point. They did let up a, a touchdown to Minerva late. They have Canton South this week. Uh, the Wildcats uh, still struggling to get on track here. A lot of injuries there and some youth and depth issues. I think uh, Marlington seems to be hitting their stride, especially in the running game. C.J. Griner did have a big week last week, though. He threw for three touchdowns, ran for a few more. It was uh, They seem to be getting better at the right part of the season. Yeah, and I wonder, you know, we've We've been a little bit hard on the EBC this year, um, but is this the worst slate of games of the season, do you think? I mean, just looking for that conference. Objectively, looking at it, this is the one with the least amount of intrigue, so... Yes. Yeah. I I wish I could put a better <laughs> bow tie on that, but unfortunately, it's just the way the schedule shakes out. There's there's not a lot of great storylines going on here. 
uh, to continue that, Minerva goes off that <laughs> tough loss and now goes to, to Salem. Salem has lost two in a row, probably out of the EBC race at this point. Marlington Alliance both undefeated with only a, a three weeks to play in conference play. Uh, something big would have to happen to get the Quakers back into this right now. Yeah, and I, I mean, we talked about it before. Salem's non-conference schedule doesn't challenge them in, in the way that they need to be challenged, and I wonder if they're just not ready for the bigger games once they come. And, you know, that you know, is that do you think that's a factor in just, you know, what's happened over the last two weeks? I would say probably. It's not only the last few weeks, probably the last few years, because similar things have happened. Last year, Carrollton got them, and Carrollton wasn't having a great season up until that point. So, yeah, they're getting a lot of wins early, and there's something to be said for getting that confidence. They have won 12 straight non-conference games. But when you get into those tougher games and you haven't been in the deep water before and you got someone that's putting up a fight, it's a different feel yeah. entirely. And, and, you know, this is – we're not talking about the EBC, but you, you look at New Philly and they're 7-0 and and we've been hard on them, but, you know, they just haven't been challenged in the way – you know, and, you know that's a team that could make a run in Division Three, but – are they used to playing teams that are as talented or more talented than they are right now? Not really. So, um, you I know. think you could make the same argument for Dover every year. Yeah, I mean, it's just and it's frustrating because you know those are schools that have a history of playing. You know, fairly. You know, New Philly used to be a fair league school. Dover has played Lake. You know, they dropped them. I don't understand this philosophy of 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 just wanting to get in the playoffs because I think you know you should know when you have a good group coming up. And you should prepare accordingly because they need to be ready for for week not just week eleven but week twelve and thirteen. You know if you're if you're gonna make a run, like that's what you're playing for. Absolutely, and that's you know that's something that it's just a <laughs> nobody's a listening tough... to our podcast and adjusting this though. Yeah, if we're just not powerful enough. We don't. We can't just snap our fingers and say, well, in this week, uh, New Philadelphia is playing Perry <laughs> and uh, McKinley. You're going to take on Dover. Yeah, so that's um, not quite going to happen. And, and you know the flip side of that is obviously you look at Louisville and they're on the you know on the playoff bubble. But I think in their case the the schedule maybe maybe a little bit too difficult. So there's yeah. a balance to be found there. But I don't see any reason why you couldn't just take a shot once or twice a year against a team um, that's that's you know a little bit better than I you. I think but you not, need one. Yeah. yeah, at least one. You want one test to kind of maybe see where you're at mm-hmm. and find out the things you need to work on when when you get into a big game. Because that margin for error, like you said, shrinks a bit when you get into the playoffs against you. Some of the things you get mm-hmm. away with against, uh, say, this week Alliance at Carrollton, those don't exist when you get no. get into the playoffs. That's how you get better. You get better by playing good teams, and you know you can't do anything about your your league schedule if you're in a weak league. That hey, that's fine, but you know you can do something about your non league schedule. And finishing off the EBC, we have West Holmes at West Branch. Joe, West Branch has won two in a row after uh, Minerva snapped its 44-game <laughs> losing streak against the Warriors. So they seem to have rebounded strong. Uh, they're going up against uh, the athletic director at West Holmes, a former part-timer back in the repository sports department, Adam Brately. I think you missed him. Fantastic guy. So uh, a lot to watch there. I'm kind of intrigued by this one more personally. 
Yeah, well, first of all, good for West Branch. Um, yeah, that's a, I thought that that that's a point where you either fold the rest right. of the year or you decide to fight back. They've decided to fight back. I think that says a lot about the the staff and the kids. Yeah, and I mean, I think it's the first year head coach. They could look back on that game and say that's the point where we figured it out. We, you know, it was a wake up call, and and maybe the the program will be better off because of it. Because if you go one and four and and maybe you beat Minerva. I don't know. Maybe kids are just satisfied, but I think that uh, that woke them up a little bit. But I don't know. Do you have, do you have a good uh, – I, I, yeah, I don't remember that part-timer. Do you have a good story about him? Oh, he was just a great guy. Always worked really hard. No, there's no uh, funny funny <laughs> stories with him. He just came in and, and did his job really well and was uh, fun to hang out with back there. All right. But, uh, no, he's not part-timer no more. <laughs> <laughs> he left the industry yeah. smartly. Yeah, he did. He took all our advice and <laughs> and, and chose a, a very a much more lucrative field. And an, another local tie, Sandy Valley's uh, former head coach, Zach Gardner, is over there at uh, West Holmes also. So there's some stuff to watch there. I think this is a good opportunity for perhaps West Branch to get that third straight win. West Holmes, I followed them over the past few weeks as had some tough losses so uh it's it's gonna be a i think this is gonna be a real close game yeah because i think west holmes usually pretty good this year a little bit down so there's this is gonna be a fun game why we're praising people zach was a zach Gardner was a great guy when he's in sandy valley too so yeah um. it's hard to root again <laughs> i had i had uh talked to zach Gardner quite a bit too so between zach Gardner and adam brately i do have a, a slight soft spot for west holmes football. we'll have to make sure we tag west holmes on twitter so that they can <laughs> nice things said about west <laughs> they, they are run by class people <laughs> well the goodwill drive to victory returns friday for the perry at lake game joe fans will be able to donate clothes and housewares at a donation trailer set up at lake donations will be sold in local goodwill stores and support employment programs for people in our community with disabilities or other barriers to employment donate stuff help your school help your community and then just taking a look at a a couple more games here you mentioned lewisville they go on the road to point pleasant and as you and uh, our illustrious leader chris bevan pointed out the home of the mothman (laughs) yeah i don't i don't know a ton about the mothman uh uh thing other than what i just looked up on wikipedia today when i was researching them i know that that you know point pleasant is in the middle of nowhere it is like three hours down to southern ohio on the river it's an hour south of athens which is in the middle of nowhere so um you got to be known for something why not why not be known for the mothman that's an interesting story there's some documentaries i'm not going to bore you with all that but the leopards big story with them colton jones last week sets the school record for career touchdown passes and probably going to be a big focal point of the offense once again this week yeah they're playing good football and and point pleasant isn't a particularly strong team they've only played four games they had a bye week one week and then they had a kid team cancel so um i i don't think that they are ready in any way usually west virginia teams aren't don't fare very well against Ohio teams anyway. So uh, I would imagine this is just the the problem with having an independent schedule is you got to have 10 games and sometimes you got you to go on the road to, yeah. to uh, Nowheresville, West Virginia to, um, to play. And, and uh, so Louisville looking to win their third straight and, and kind of get back into that playoff hunt. Like you said, some big games looming for the Leopards. So maybe a, a chance to get healthy for them a little bit as well. Yeah. 
And we also have Sandy Valley at East Canton. We mentioned Cameron Blair with the 75 career touchdown passes. The East Canton defense has had some trouble keeping people off the scoreboard lately. And Nathaniel Suntimer did have a big week for them last week, ran for 250 yards, but the Hornets. Uh, ultimately fell short in that game so yeah this could be one with a lot of scoring a lot of offense you know it is as good a job as spider miller's done at east canton there's some some years you just don't have a ton of players and uh, i think this is one of those things where they have you know they have a couple you know really good players but the depth that they may have had the last couple years just isn't quite there and and, uh, you know, that's what happens when you're a Division Six, Division Seven type school. I was going to say, Division Seven. that's got to be tough. You don't have a lot of numbers to begin with, and sometimes that just kind of mm-hmm. – there's some, there's some weak spots, and people seem to be able to find them, unfortunately. Yeah. The Akron Children's Hospital Friday night, Ohio.com Game of the Week continues in Week 8 Friday with Maslin at Barberton. We talked about that earlier. The live stream broadcast in partnership with iHeartRadio will be on FridayNightOhio.com and the Friday Night Ohio app. The game will begin at 7 p.m. Sam Berkwin and company will have everything you need right there on the app, so be sure to tune into that. And then just a, a couple of random games. We have St. Thomas Aquinas going over to Akron North. Akron North broke its long losing streak against Firestone a couple of weeks ago, so that's no longer on the table. Aquinas coming off a really nice win over Warren JFK last week, a chance for the Knights to keep things rolling. Yeah, I thought that was one of those that they had to have, um, you know, because they're not going to get anything playoff point-wise against North. And, and uh, you know, good for North and good, you know, same kind of situation that Minerva was in and they were able to get that win so you can at least stop talking about it but this is a game that Aquinas should just roll and and uh, just continue what has been a, a really nice season for them a couple of good pack seven matchups this week Joe Northwest at Manchester always a volatile rivalry game mm-hmm. uh, Manchester a little bit down this year has had some issues with consistency they led Fairless by several touchdowns last week. Fairless ties at 28 in the fourth quarter. They need to go to overtime. Manchester ultimately gets the win. But it seems like everything's been kind of a struggle for the uh, Panthers this year. Yeah, and Jim France kind of knew going into the season that that they just didn't have um, they didn't have the seniors and juniors that they usually have. They're counting on a lot of sophomores and underclassmen and I think this quote was they have too many bikes in the parking lot and not enough cars uh, which is always a good sign uh, or a, a key sign for him and and so this is the year I think if Northwest they got to be feeling like they, they you know they, they don't have maybe that Ethan Wright type player but you know overall they they i think they feel like they have a better deeper roster and and they got to feel confident going into this especially a big performance for northwest over triway they fell behind by a touchdown early and then just Mm -hmm. ripped off a 40 plus points and put that game out of reach so the indians looking good heading into that game and then we have Tuslaw at CVCA. CVCA, of course, did defeat Northwest. Tuslaw's defeated Manchester. Kind of some intrigue in this one. Mm-hmm. Two great running backs, Briar Marthy at Tuslaw, Shane Douglas at CVCA. Both can put up yards and points and bunches. Yeah, and I think if you're Tuslaw, you kind of feel like in order to win this game, you need CVCA to make, make mistakes, and that's just not what they do. Uh, that's how they kind of beat Northwest is – um, you know, Northwest, Northwest kinda, had four turnovers, yeah. so that's 
that's that's one thing you can't afford against them. Yeah, it's, it's a challenging thing, and and I think you know CVCA is is just proving themselves to be maybe the you know as good a team as as anyway up there with Orville. You know, so um, nice matchup though. I mean, they, they, even if it's you know even if they're favored, it's it's another good game in that league. Absolutely, Pack Seven. And we talk about the EBC perhaps being down this year. I think the Pack Seven's been up this year. This yeah, nice game. And they were up last year. They had yeah. like what four or five playoff teams, I think. So it's been a good run for them. Yeah, I think this is just a, continues that trend. A lot of exciting games there. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of the FridayNightOhio.com podcast. Thanks for downloading and listening. It is powered by Sarda. Sarda provides over 5,000 rides a day for work. Sarda provides over 2.4 million rides a year. Sarda takes you to work, school, medical appointments, and more. Sarda, where can we take you today? This is a podcast from the Canton Repository Sports Department. Look for our next episode late Friday night. For Joe Scalzo, I'm Cliff Hickman. We will see you after one.